0: So Rio de Janeiro was done. We saw the death of Brazilian football. Where everyone was, you know, in tears. Germany had won the World Cup. We took the last day of, of Rio at, at leisure, went for a long walk, packed our bags, prepped our stuff, ready for a bus trip to Sao Paulo. The bus driver that took us from the sort of Airbnb place up to the bus station in Rio was probably the craziest bus driver on, on the whole whole of the travels uh cr- crazy driving good fun crazy driving uh, standing up with big backpacks on we had to certainly test our balance but also figured out something on that bus journey uh, for those that have met me i'm quite heavily tattooed on one arm for those that haven't met me um, i'm quite heavily tattooed on one arm so it's holding on to the the hand thing and i've got all these kids looking at the tattoos i'm not quite sure the symbolic gesture of Tattoos in Brazil, I've got a feeling it means that you're in some form of gang or something along those lines That's my understanding and all these kids were Just mesmerized by the tattoos. You know the skulls the snakes the dice I think I've got one for cigar somewhere the rose everything. It's only when we Got off the bus that we realized that possibly on a couple of occasions The tattoos might have saved us not that we got into a ridiculous amount of of trouble I mean, bear in mind that, you know, when God tried robbing us at gunpoint was probably, uh, yeah, intoxicated anyway. But he realised that actually we might have got away with a couple of things purely because one of us is tattooed. It's possible. Don't know for sure, but it is possible. The trip to Sao Paulo was right. Seven, seven and a half hours, including a nice stop off. Uh, There were some interesting uh, stops on the way. Uh, Service stations in the middle of nowhere uh, to get lunch and all that sort of mumbo jumbo. Sao Paulo it is a bustling metropolis. It was kind of on the way to where we were looking to go. We were looking to go all the way down to a place called Florianopolis and then onto a place called Foz do Iguaçu, but more on that in the next episode. But for now, Sao Paulo. After checking in, went for a nice long walk, had a chat with people at the hostel, figured out some stuff to do and a look around the centre of the centre of town or the, you know, the cathedral, the architecture. Sao Paulo's just like a place that almost feels like it never ends. And I don't know if this has happened to you when you've been abroad. Um, whenever you go to, I don't know, a big city or whatever, I'm always subconsciously comparing it to London. So let's just say London's got a population of 20 million, you know, the greater urban area. I think Sao Paulo is similar. And remember looking, researching Sao Paulo, walking around, going, why does a place need three airports? It's got three airports. Why does it need three airports? It's got so many football teams. It's got Corinthians. It's got Palmeiras. It's got Sao Paulo. It's crazy. A place like this doesn't need that many football teams. And then you think back to London, and you go, right, okay, well, London's got a multitude of airports. You know, Heathrow, Gatwick, Luton, Stansted, plus others. Okay, how many football teams has London got? Well, you know... Teams in the top division more or less you know you've got Tottenham uh, Arsenal uh, West Ham Chelsea yeah plus a few others and then you realize that actually that places are quite similar in terms of what they have and what they don't have I don't know if it's just me that does that have you ever done that if so let us know just for curiosity purposes apart from that Sao Paulo was memorable for two things Uh, number one we were uh, we were lucky enough to be in The right place at the right time, and this is a common theme throughout the travel episodes, being in the right place at the right time. The the Corinthians football team in Sao Paulo were opening their new stadium. The stadium had been used for the World Cup. It had been used for World Cup matches, but their first official league game was coming up in, in a couple of days. So we decided to have a look for tickets. We visited a couple of Corinthians club shops, and Corinthians are like the Chelsea. Uh, of Brazilian football. Very, very upmarket, very, very lardy da You know, you, you're sort of paying for the name, paying for the reputation. And because it was a stadium opening, we were trying to look for tickets, and the tickets were about 150 quid. It's like, oh, damn, yeah, we're in Brazil here. You know, and uh, there are, as with many society in general, you're going to have your super wealthy, your super rich people, and you're going to have people at the bottom end of the ladder. You could tell just from the prices that Corinthians are. This Lardy Club, hundred fifty, you know, 150 quid a ticket. We're like, whoa, hang on a minute, that's no, that's not good. We, you know, we don't, we're here for experiences, but for you know, for game of football, at the time, we'll you know, we'll be okay. They were playing a team called Internacional from, I believe they're from Porto Alegre down the road. So we thought, well, what if we went as away fans? There's no big rivalry there between the two teams. What if we went as away fans? And we found out that you could turn up at the stadium on the day. You could go into the, you know, pay for a ticket for the away fans section. And it would be, I think at the time, about 50 reais, which is about 16 pounds. That's what we're talking about. So we ended up going to the stadium. We ended up going as, as away fans, international. And, you know, it was a, it was a good game. The noise from the, the stadium when the goals went in for Corinthians. It wasn't full by any stretch of the imagination. The Corinthians ended up winning the game 2-1, and that's always nice to come away from a game like that, knowing that you've got an experience. You know, we were there when Corinthians officially opened their ground with the first league game in the stadium. The other one I love telling people that on a family holiday years and years ago, 2003 I think it was, uh, family had gone to Portugal, stayed near Lisbon, and we well, thanks to my absolute utter persistence, and uh, much to my stepdad's chagrin, uh, we ended up with tickets for Sporting Lisbon's first ever game in their new stadium, and they were playing Manchester United. Now, as mentioned before, a staunch Liverpool fan, the idea of seeing, you know, Man United is not good. My stepdad was a Man United fan, so just the idea of being in a team stadium, opening the ground, was awesome. Anyway, the thing about that was that there was a young lad at the time for um, Sporting Lisbon, playing called Cristiano Ronaldo, and he was absolutely sensational. Carved, carved United up. It's no surprise that United went out and bought him. Uh, I do remember writing to the Liverpool manager at the time saying that he should buy uh, this kid called Ronaldo. Um, the, you know, my brother, my mum, my stepdad, myself—we all looked just looking at each other, saying that kid's probably going to be the best in the world at some point. He was absolutely extraordinary. So, yeah, hold hands up. I have seen uh, Cristiano Ronaldo play for Sporting Lisbon. Still got the programme as well. So, yeah, so the sort of football geeky things coming out now. Football and trains, they're the geeky things. The other experience, which was quite bizarre, was for a different football club in Sao Paulo called Palmeiras. Uh, We were walking up and down the streets, completely unintentional, completely not, you know, no plans for this at all. And we walk down by a Palmeiras club shop, and a massive queue, queue everywhere. You know, there's loads of people busting around. And out of nowhere, a a car pulls up, and out steps a, a guy that's uh, well, a guy called Lucio. Now, uh, Lucio at the time, a Brazilian defender, uh, played you know, recently played for Inter Milan, and he was signing for Palmeiras, and they were doing his unveiling in in a club shop. So the queue is for people to, you know, go in, buy a shirt, get it signed by Lucio and all that sort of stuff. Now, Muggins here, Aaron Aaron and myself, we've just walked into the club shop. We've, you know, we've got our cameras out. It's evident we're talking in a different language. And for some reason, security's just let us walk straight in. And we're right up front with Lucio. And we've just, number one, we're sort of in amazement that we've been let in. So number two, we're just pretending that we're media. So, you know, we're going around, we're, we're taking different photos from both of our phones. We're chatting to each other, talking about what, it you know, making some bullshit up, basically. What does this mean for Palmyra? What's his career been like? What's going on? Uh, just absolutely start raving bonkers that with all this queue, we just literally walked in. Security have let us walk in uh, right up to, you know, right pretty much up to the player. Got some cracking photos as well. It's completely bizarre, completely bonkers. So, yeah, apparently we might as well have been Sky News for the day. Sky Sports News, sorry, for the day doing that. It's absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, really, 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 really bizarre. And, uh, yeah, uh, the sort of shit that only happens when you're travelling, I swear. The, the sort of stuff that only happens when you're travelling couple of regrets, a couple of things. Again, hindsight's a wonderful thing that we didn't do. We saw the Museum of Football. Um, it was in uh, basically where Palmeiras' old stadium is. I think it's the Estadio Municipal Paolo Mercado de Cavalo Try that for a name. We didn't go into the Museum of Football because it was closed at the time, so that was disappointing. I've done a hell of a lot of walking. Uh, it would have been good to have seen the Interlagos Formula One circuit, neither of us are massive Formula One fans anyway. Um, but, you know, with the Ayrton Senna stuff, you know, that, again, hindsight would have been, you know, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. Uh, the, the zoological park and the botanical gardens were good fun. Everywhere you look around, it's, yeah, Sao Paulo is just a, a mega, mega metropolis. If you like that sort of stuff for your holidays, <clears throat> yeah, do go. If you're not really after that sort of stuff, you're probably not going to miss much to be brutally honest with you. After that, it was a simple trip down to Curitiba. It seemed like just like the next logical place to stop. We were following the Lonely Planet guide. Lonely Planet has said that there were, you know, a couple of things that you could see or do here. And the key thing was a thing called the uh, Sierra Verde Express. Now, the fact that it was a train meant that, you know, being a bit of a train nerd here, we're going there. (laughs) There's no two ways about it. You're in South America. They're not famed for their trains you know, we've got to go and get a train, you know, 30 quid for the day, three and a half hours there, three and a half hours back. Beautiful. That, that, that's a, to me, that's a day at leisure. I got in, got into Curitiba and Curitiba, like, like it was in 2011, Curitiba, we stayed in a hostel, but we stayed in a 12 bed, a 12 bed dorm. Now, the last time we'd done that was Back in Southeast Asia about three years ago, so we were both a little bit apprehensive about going back into such a dorm. We're normally quite private people, so there's a little bit of apprehension there. But once we got what the first couple of nights under the belt, you, you just get back into the you get back into the uh, the way of doing things, should we say? Cusco was a nice place. The Sierra Verde Express was. It's pretty awesome. It's anything but an express, I won't lie. Definitely not an express. I mean a very yeah, touristy train. But going through the scenery, uh, just incredible. Yeah, you're going through these valleys, you're going through uh, over all these bridges, looking at all these trees, you're in the arse end of nowhere. You no, know, it's 30 degrees. Again, about 30 quid for the day. Uh, yeah, we ended up in this tiny little town. Uh, where we had some lunch, walked around the town for you know a couple of hours, and then got the train back. It was, it was just a fantastic day. You'll see all the photos on on Instagram when we're doing the travel uh, throwback Thursday stuff. You'll see you'll see the photos there. Um, I want to say the train was rattling around at about I don't know twenty five thirty miles per hour, possibly even less than that in some places. Uh, very yeah, very non express put it that way but it it was a you know an absolutely brilliant day the weather really really helped as well so it still runs to this day so if you're ever in Curitiba you know by all means do go down and uh, you know do go down and crack on have a laugh I definitely definitely recommend it the other fun thing football related thing that happened in Curitiba uh, again again this was a case of wanting to go and see as much football as we can where we can there's a club in um, Curitiba called uh, Atletico Paranense and a bit like Corinthians they had recently gone into a new stadium or were planning to go into a new stadium, uh, it had been built specially for the World Cup and their team was scheduled to play at home when we were in Curitiba. So we thought this is great, you know, we'll just walk down, we'll, we'll go get some tickets, not an issue. Got down to the stadium. Uh, stadium's closed. Okay, uh, this is a bit strange. Um, you know, the game's going ahead. We've checked the game's going ahead. stadium's completely closed. Oh, that's a bit weird. Have, we had a walk around the stadium. There's a couple of bars around and about. And we thought, well, you know, tell you what, you know, we're here now. Let's, um, maybe let's go into a bar. Let's have a beer. You know, let's watch the first half. Uh, you know, we're not away fans or anything. We're, we're not going to get in any trouble, basically. So, <laughs> so we have walked in we walked into this bar, and have you ever had that thing where you've walked in somewhere? You've walked in somewhere, and it pretty much goes to silence, and everyone just looks at you. That's exactly what happened in this place. It turned out, without realising, we'd walked into the ultras bar. Yeah, we'd walked into the ultras bar. We've got people that have just given us such an odd look. And it was a bit awkward for about three seconds. Very awkward for three seconds. And I'm doing what you do best. We just headlined for the bar, got a couple of beers, and that was it. We ended up watching the we ended up watching the game in the ultras bar. People were very friendly. You know, again, it was relatively obvious when people were hearing us speak. You know, We weren't from Brazil, we were just there having a laugh. But it was it was almost like chaos inside, you know. Uh, we're talking you know, great chanting. I think someone even lit a f- put, you know, lit a flare off inside, which is completely disastrous, completely bonkers. Don't remember too much about the game. I couldn't even recall what the score was. Don't remember much about it. Not because we were intoxicated, because it was just such a. It's always like a ninety-minute, you know, fiesta, being in there with the ultras, singing, dancing, crazy stuff. As an English football fan, we're just not used to that sort of stuff. So being in a culture where it is like that, it, you know, it just shows how much, you know, Brazilians or you know, Latin Americans, dare I say, you know, they just love their football. And again, completely bizarre experience, not planned, no idea what was going on, but we live to tell the tale. And, you know, that's Atletico Paranense And they're ultras So thank you to this day Really appreciate that And, you know, their ultras But I was pretty much next to the stadium um, Apparently uh, There were no fans in the stadium Because um, of uh, previous fan issues should we say uh, That's why it was behind closed doors uh, That game So good times But from Curitiba We will leave the story there We only have two stops left in Brazil, as mentioned, uh, around Florianopolis, which was mentioned by the Airbnb owner in Rio, who said that we should go down. They said that Brazilians love to go to Florianopolis, so we should go. And from there, we knew that roughly having spent time looking at maps, having spent time talking to people, we realized that Foz do Iguaçu, which we'll talk about in the next episode, was a place to go. And from there we decided we might as well go to Paraguay. We might as well go to Paraguay whilst we were at it. Again, we had no set routine. We learned our lessons from 2011. And that's Sao Paulo and Curitiba. Over next time, join us where we will see off Brazil, including a hilarious story uh, about a Tugan. Till next time, I'll see you soon.